It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, local experts on the biggest stories. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Round one in the books of the NFL draft in Dallas. The Vikings have a new rookie. First of all, my name's Sam Ekstrom on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom, tweeting plenty of draft updates and nuggets, covering the Vikings for zonecoverage.com. The co host, Sage Rosenfels, former quarterback for five different NFL teams. He's on Twitter at Sage Rosenfels18. Minnesota picks cornerback Mike Hughes at number 30 out of Central Florida. We talked about offensive line ad nauseum, Sage. We alluded to maybe a tight end, defensive line, and and cornerback was in my top five needs, but I I wouldn't say flabbergasted, but a, a bit surprised, a bit startled by the pick. Did not see it coming. They take a guy in Mike Hughes with an incredible year in 2017 at Central Florida, but also some red flags. First reaction to the pick, Sage, what did you think when you saw the name flash across the screen? Well, initially I was uh, I was really hopeful that my guy James Daniels yeah. from Iowa, he was still on the board. I was sort of going through, okay, the guys that we had talked about on yesterday's show were a couple of those guys, most of those guys were still on the board. Will Hernandez, big offense on, I believe, from UTEP. Uh, but they they decide not to go offensive line. Uh, maybe they'll do that in tonight's uh, with tonight's pick uh, or the next couple of days. But they go with a cornerback, and and it does make sense. Uh, in, in you know today's NFL, it's amazing how many what percentage of of offensive plays are, are with three wide receivers or even with two tight ends and two receivers, in which one of the tight ends is almost a pass catching tight end, and you want to have more of a nickelback type guy in there. So. You know, having two corners really isn't enough. Having three is is, is really important. So uh, it probably also shows what the Vikings thought of the other guys on the roster opposite Xavier Rhodes and, and Trey Waynes. You know, the, those guys, you know, Alexander and, and uh, you know, some of the other players down on the list. And so they obviously really felt they need to have an upgrade that position, uh, you know, sort of reload on that defense, which is already a strength on the football team. But, yeah, as, as, as we said, you and I were really expecting offensive line. They do go in a different direction. But, you know what, they, they had some, a lot of success with offensive line in past drafts in the second round, third round. You know, uh, 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 their center last year, he was a third-round pick. Maybe they can find somebody else like that who can come in and play right away. That's not a first-rounder. Right. My guy, Billy Price, the other Ohio State kid, he went off the board at 21. So I lost my dude uh, fairly early on. I was thinking James Daniels there for you at number 30, but they do go Mike Hughes. And and we talked to Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer after the pick was made. And they say that this is not uh, to replace or to push Mackenzie Alexander, but in, it really is. I mean, it has to be because there's only so many cornerbacks you can have on the field at once. And if Hughes turns out to be the better option, that that might cost Alexander some playing time. And I think it's also maybe an insurance policy in case Trey Waynes either uh, doesn't play as well the next couple of years. Maybe they don't feel like they want to re-sign him or maybe they can't afford to re-sign him. 
I think Mike Hughes definitely fills a need in that sense. We did discuss that the other day. You know, are there certain guys they may draft a player to position just because they maybe don't want to give a big contract extension to someone like Trey Waynes. I mean, not that they don't like Trey, but maybe they just don't want to pay two corners, you know, over $10 million a year. And, and that might be what he is, will be asking for, uh, you know, less than a year from now. So there's obviously, it's a leverage play there. Uh, as I said, you know, you, you need more than two corners. Xavier Rhodes was getting hurt, it seemed like, more and more last year. Even if he didn't miss a lot of games, he, he'd miss parts of games or mm -hmm. miss a series here and there. Uh, you, you know, you got to have uh, depth that position. That's a very important position for this Vikings defense. Other defenses, corner maybe not quite as important, but on this defense, with all, with all the man-to-man -man coverage that these guys do, uh, you really can never have too many good cornerbacks. Mike Zimmer puts a premium on them, and just look at the organization's track record now in the draft. So since 2013, they've taken three cornerbacks in the first round with Rhodes, Waynes, and now Hughes, and three of the past four years, they've taken a cornerback in the first or second round if you go back to Waynes and Alexander and now Hughes. So they, they definitely value that position highly in the draft now, here's the bio on Hughes. Great high school player, a big recruit, goes to the University of North Carolina, plays sparingly as a freshman, misses time because of a misdemeanor assault where he punched a man and broke his nose. Uh, as a result of that suspension, just the fallout, he ended up uh, leaving the school. Went to community college, Garden City Community College in Kansas. He helped them win a junior college national championship rehabilitated his stock, and then went to the University of Central Florida. Had a fantastic year at UCF, 49 tackles, 4 picks, 11 pass breakups, and he returned punts and kicks. So I think at minimum, he could come into Minnesota and be a kick returner. I mean, he's already got that skill set. Actually, he played offense when he was at junior college. He played both ways. He's an extremely athletic player, very agile you hear that and you say, well, why wasn't he a higher pick? Well, it's because he's got that misdemeanor assault on his record. He's only 5'10". He's a little bit shorter, maybe a tougher time bodying up against some bigger receivers. And he's really only got one year of D1 college film. So, Sage, that tells me that the Vikings are enamored with what they did see on that film because there, there are several perceived red flags here that they were willing to get past and take this guy. Yeah, I, I don't think a, a misdemeanor uh, assault is gonna, you know, really uh, prevent them from drafting somebody, you know, especially a 19-year-old kid. Uh, it wasn't a sexual assault. He obviously some got in some sort of fight with a with another man. Um, not that that's a good thing, but that's not gonna, you know, they're not gonna kill somebody for for not for for that type of you know situation. But uh, I think, as you said, him being shorter, you know, five ten, he must have had. Uh, an amazing uh, a reel of, of great plays, you know, throughout the year. And he must fit the scheme. He, he's got to be a guy who can chase. Uh, and it sounds like he's a good tackler too, but number one, he has to be a good man-to-man -man type guy. And I'll tell you what, Mike Zimmer knows secondary players. He knows safeties. He knows corners. Uh, and, and he's got a lot of control over this draft. So uh, it's probably the guy he maybe liked the best uh, of anyone in that draft. And they, they probably thought they could get some value from him just because they think he is so talented, but maybe that, that misdemeanor assault charge, maybe the fact that he's 5'10", that actually allowed them uh, to, to, to find a guy that others maybe had lower on their, their boards for different reasons, but this is Mike Zimmer's expertise. 
he would know. You have to sort of put your trust and faith that this guy knows cornerbacks and uh, that they must have been, as you said, enamored with his film and his tape and his interview and, and all the things that went into why they decided to take him at the 30th pick. Yep, and you tweeted it. You know, any cornerback is going to be lucky to be mentored by Mike Zimmer because look at the way he's brought along Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes and turn, turn them into pretty darn good cornerbacks in this league. And I do want to quick circle back to the, the you mentioned sexual assault. Now, there there is an, an allegation on Mike Hughes' record from 2015. Uh, there were no criminal charges filed, and he has apparently shown evidence two teams that, that proves his innocence or, or corroborates his story. And the Vikings, I guess, felt good about that. Take that for what it's worth. We don't know too many details on that, and I don't believe there's really been much written about it. But that's everything around Mike Hughes. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash LOCKEDONNBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and a respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. Uh, why don't we we go back a bit and talk about the rest of this first round stage? Because uh, the first round was wild. I mean, we got Baker Mayfield going one, Sam Darnold going three. Uh, for a while, it looked like Josh Rosen was really going to fall, but then the uh, the Cardinals trade up and get him, and the Bills trade up and get Josh Allen. So we got uh, trades going on. We got quarterbacks falling, and Lamar Jackson goes at thirty two as well. Uh, what'd you think of the way the board fell? Well, it was a I'll tell you what, it really the draft has become a. Uh, a, a sort of a, a can't-miss event. I mean, it really is an event. That whole scene uh, in the Jerry Dome last night, just incredible. Uh, it, it does seem like going back to the days of uh, Radio City Music Hall or wherever they used to have it at was just a you know tiny, uh, outdated place at this point. It was quite the event last night. Um, the boos for, for Roger Goodell I thought were hilarious. I mean, they just kept going and going and going and sort of attacking him the whole night. Uh, I really was surprised Baker Mayfield went first. I just – he could be the best quarterback of these four. He really could be. But there's – again, talk about red flags as a quarterback, maturity, uh, his height. Um, you know, he's a really good throw. He's a great competitor. But college football is such a different game than the NFL. The NFL game, it's so much more about patience because defenses are so good. Defensive coordinators are so good. I just don't know how Baker is going to be as an NFL quarterback. So that was a really big surprise. All the other picks make sense. Josh Allen, Wyoming, playing in the snow and the cold, goes to Buffalo, playing in the snow and the cold. That makes a lot of sense. you got to – Drew Brees would not have had a great career if he was a Buffalo Bills quarterback, I don't think, over all those years. It's tough to play in those conditions, basically from October 15th on. Um, 
I do. I love the Josh uh, Rosen pick to the Arizona Cardinals. I think that was probably. I think of the of the four quarterbacks. I think that's the best pick for both player and uh, franchise. I again, I don't think Josh Rosen, the kid from Southern California who went to UCLA, how would he do in a, in a place like say Buffalo or the New York Jets? I don't know, but playing in Arizona, still got Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, you're playing in great conditions. You know, he's he's not too far from home. I think that's a, a really, really, really good fit. And he was sort of my favorite. I always compared him to Kirk Cousins, but he was my favorite. You know, he just sort of has the moxie I like. That type of confidence, a different type of confidence than, say, a Baker Mayfield. Both confident guys, but a different type of confidence, I felt like. And I really like Josh Rosen's demeanor. I like the way he throws the ball. I think he was the most accurate uh, and sort of ready-to-go quarterback of all these guys. And Sam Bradford, again, is going to get $20 million a year, but how long? Is he going to start? Is it going to be the whole year? Is it going to be the half year? We don't know. But Sam Bradford's getting twenty million bucks again. Couple observations uh, from my first round experience. I felt like the NFC North did really well, and I think the Vikings pick. I don't. I don't know. Might have the highest, you know, high risk, high reward type thing with the Vikings. But I thought the other three teams got really solid uh, week one starters. Roquan Smith, the linebacker. From Georgia, went to the Bears. They they call him the best linebacker in the draft. He's an inside 3-4 linebacker. Going to be really stout uh, for Chicago. And then the Lions, they get Frank Ragnow, Minnesota product, to play center for them. Uh, he's probably a plug-and-play. And the Packers get one of the other best cornerbacks in this draft, Jair Alexander out of Louisville. So I thought the NFC North improved across the board they filled areas of need the Packers needed defense the Bears needed you know the next Brian Urlacher and the Lions needed to protect Matt Stafford I think they made great great selections and with Stafford you know they've lost a couple offensive linemen that was a sort of a position just in general uh, you know, it seems like every draft you have to draft an offensive line you gotta have seven even eight guys who are in the rotation and you always got to be developing guys so I, I think almost every team should draft an offensive lineman at least one every year yeah, and people are hoping the Vikings do in the second round here. My other observation was, I mean, just look at the lack of skill position players, particularly in the first, you know, three quarters of that of that round. Through pick twenty three, the only skill position player besides quarterback, obviously, um, was Saquon Barkley. There were no tight ends, there were no other running backs, there were no wide receivers, and then there was a little bit of a run on them starting at 24 with DJ Moore, uh, Hayden Hurst, Calvin Ridley, Rashad Penny. But is is that just the way this year shook out, Sage, or is that a changing in philosophy that you got to bolster your trenches uh, before you do anything else? And that's a good question. I, I'd like to uh, – that's a really good question. I, that could be even a really good story to write about. Generally, receivers could come in and play right away. If you look at the last couple seasons, though, a lot of teams, the Vikings are one of them, they have failed at the wide receiver position. I believe something like the first three wide receivers chosen, I think last year, had like a total of 45 catches and no touchdowns and, and uh, you know, like 400 yards receiving, uh, you know, amongst the three of them combined. And so receivers have not had great success the last couple of years. Uh, you know, games are won and lost in the trenches and teams seem to be bolstering up, you know, the, the, those lines. And so, you know, Calvin Ridley, really good player out of Alabama, really good player, but you know, he's six foot. He's not your classic athletic and big, fast, and strong to sort of necessitate that, you know, top 15 pick. I thought the Patriots had an interesting draft, too. You know, they, they had two chances 
to draft the heir apparent to Tom Brady if they wanted to. Uh, they had Lamar Jackson there for the taking, had Mason Rudolph there. Instead, they go Isaiah Wynn from Georgia, and they go Sony Michelle, another running back that uh, Bill Belichick can shuffle through at number Who I 31. Really like, by the way. That kid is, yeah. I think he's exceptional. He's one of those backs that's a sort of a scat back, can run with power, but extremely explosive. I think they got, you know, they had good running backs before, but they weren't explosive running backs. I think Sony Mitchell is. Sony Mitchell, or Michelle, it might actually be how you say it. Michelle had like a gaudy 7.9 yards per carry, I think it was, when he was a sophomore, I believe, which is just nuts. I mean, that's that's insane. And I think he had Nick Chubb there at Georgia, too, to sort of to be the bruiser, and then Michelle would be the change of pace, and he just had an insane college career. So the second round starts tonight at 6 p.m. Vikings, again, don't pick for a while. They pick 62nd overall, so the 30th pick of the second round, and then they have a third-round pick as well. So we'll see if the Vikings make some moves, maybe trade up, trade down. There are still offensive linemen on the board. Your guy, James Daniels, maybe he falls Sage. Maybe the Vikings still get him, or maybe they trade up to get him. Will Hernandez there. Uh, Brian O'Neill out of, out of Pittsburgh, available. So there are possibilities for the Vikings to still get an offensive lineman, probably a good one, here in the second round. Uh, Sage, enjoy day two of the draft, and uh, we'll talk to you again on Monday. Sounds good. Should be a lot of fun again tonight. Yep. He's Sage Rosenfels. I'm Sam Ekstrom. This is Locked On Vikings. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, LockedOnVikings.com, a FanRag Sports affiliate. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners. This is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.